0: back to State of Mind. I'm Grace Kingswell and this is my series all about health, wellness, connecting with your body and conscious living, both from a planetary and from a health perspective. Today I'm talking to Victoria Meal. Victoria is a sustainable interior designer and this episode starts with our discussion of what that actually means how she goes about designing a space that's built to last whilst focusing on using materials that don't pollute our homes, release toxins into the air we breathe, and how we can best make a positive impact in respect of this in our own homes. Then the conversation shifts towards the way she lives her life. Victoria has a lot of insight to share on living consciously, especially with regards to how she's bringing up her son, and she's a firm believer of needing to find acceptance of the ways that others choose to live their lives, which I think is an important concept because it's all too easy to get on your high horse and be preachy when it comes to matters of sustainability. We talk about how she lives in tune with the sun, not using any blinds or curtains at home, and how her, her partner and her son all co-sleep in one bed and how she deals with the judgment she feels from others or people around her who disagree with the way she's doing things. It's certainly an interesting and thought-provoking episode and I really hope you enjoy it. So welcome, Victoria, to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm happy to be here on a Sunday morning. I know, we've just we were just talking about how Victoria's not really an early morning person and I dragged her up to Hampstead with the, with me this morning to have a cold water well, not cold water swim, just a swim. Um, and we had some overnight oats and some hot coffee and nice chats and kind of got our nature fixed, didn't we? Which was totally really nice. So, no complaints here. No. Well, so the first question I always ask people on the podcast is what's the last thing you did that positively impacted your health? And maybe it's your morning swim. But I think you've answered it for me. I have to say, um,
1: I think, like you, Grace, if I could, I would find some wild water to swim in or dip into. Every day as often as I could and I think the challenge with being in the city is that we don't really get to do that and I think what the pond offers and also we were talking about the serpentine is that um, I don't know that, that ability to sort of dip into that and it's mm, magic and I the feeling off.
0: yeah I mean this morning was really magic wasn't it because there was this beautiful mist on the water and it was raining a little bit yeah and you feel part of something I think especially at the women's pond in Hampstead because it has that lovely feeling of community, which I think is so lacking in London. Exactly.
1: And community is a whole a whole subject in itself. I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I was saying to you, even when I walked up towards it, there was, I feel like the women walking past were giving me a knowing smile as to say, you know. Enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah it was lovely. I really,
0: I think, um, I hope I can get hooked on that yeah. on a Sunday morning. God, it's so easy to get hooked. It's just unless you live in North London it's a bit of a trek but I think totally worth it. Um, So you are a sustainable interior designer which is something I'm very intrigued to know more about. Firstly I want to just ask you um, and I know that you the way you live your life as well is very much in tune with this whole idea of sustainability, getting back to our grassroots, tuning into our bodies and We're going to delve into all of that, but I firstly just want to ask you, how did you get into doing what you're doing now? So it was driven out of um,
1: several things. First of all, unfortunately, I had ill health in my 20s, so I didn't actually train originally in in this area at all. I I worked in the film industry um, and I was in marketing and through ill health, uh, been on sort of one hell of a journey similar to yourself and when I got my strength back again I sort of one day was looking at what I could do and I I came to this crossroads of I was either going to train to be a yoga instructor or an interior designer and I took I just sort of threw myself into this thing I actually went into the industry and I worked in it for several years and if I'm honest I became totally disillusioned with the industry I, I started to dislike the industry i was in i was sort of almost ashamed to be in it i mean for a start it's it's all about uh, consumption
0: mm.
1: it's all about waste new
0: it's like the fashion industry isn't it it has seasons it's like new things new color palettes new textures oh now we all need velvet sofas and hardwood floors <laughs> and the
1: whole the whole sort of rhetoric around it is was um just for me became wholly negative and um so I just felt that I wanted to see if I could drive a change um and maybe show I have to be careful in the words I use but show a better way of doing things or mm-hmm. that we could things could be d- done differently and it's not been um a particularly easy journey but I set the business up in 2009 and um to do specifically that, to show a different way of doing things. And um, I aim to run build projects and um, interior projects exactly the same projects as everyone else is doing. I just, um, also because of my passion, I do these extra bits where I'm basically researching all the materials, every single finish, every single process that goes into it and trying to find an alternative way, which in theory is... Better. And mm. by better, I, I just mean um, a more sustainable alternative mm. to the way it's always been done. And I think really that sort of is reflective of what's going on in sort of the greater yeah. scheme of things. We're looking now, after years and years and years or whole lifetimes of of things being done a particular way, like for example, as thinking not thinking about the packaging that things are packaged in, and now saying, Of course that's ridiculous And in a way, it's just exactly the same in my industry that we've just accepted that those things are the way they are. And Mm -hmm. it's just a case of turning things on their head and saying, "Okay, so why why does that need to have that? Why does that need to be like that? Mm -hmm. Um, So a challenge for me has been to start asking those questions of all the suppliers. And you can imagine when you're running a build project, you're specifying hundreds of materials and things. So it makes it incredibly difficult to start asking those questions of all those people and when I started doing it I can't say it was very well received um but like everything we're moving we've moved now we're now in 2019 and we are it's becoming more mainstream Mm. you know I'm no longer the only person talking about creating sustainable interior spaces and I, I I design based on a whole Criteria uh, ranging from specifying looking at toxicity and in indoor air quality to looking at the product life cycle of a, of a material, right through to using local material. So, a whole host of things mm. which isn't an exact science. No. I've tried to make it an exact science, I've tried to drive a standard for specifying interior, and it becomes all very sort of dry and serious and actually when it comes down to it I have to remind myself that I'm just an interior designer you know I'm trying to drive a change but let me sort of remember what it is I'm doing so it's not a science it's just I'm trying to find a better way of doing things and I have to say something that I am very careful not to do is people often ask me, Victoria, tell tell me what materials I should be using. Tell me where to get this from. Tell me what is good and what's bad. And I don't believe there's anything that is good or bad. That It all depends on what the application is and mm-hmm. it requires us to think through what we're using. Um, so I would never say that product's good and that product's bad. In the same way, From a health point of view, in other walks of life, I think we're very careful not to say, Mm
0: -hmm. not to demonize foods or
1: whatever we're talking about, materials, because it depends and we're all different. um, And applications in an interior sense, um, it depends totally on um, what we're using it for. And also, things evolve. We learn more about what to use and what not to use.
0: Yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was, uh, like, you you briefly mentioned toxicity within the home. Now, toxins in general are something I'm very interested in from a health point of view, just because, you know, the more we can live toxic-free, the lighter and healthier our, our bodies are. And we have to remember that, you know, as much organic food as we eat and as much as we try to lower our stress and all of that stuff, if we are living in a built-up city like we are in London, unfortunately, we're breathing in air every day that is full of incredibly damaging things. And then, you know, that's one thing to think about. And then the second thing is, actually, when we come home in the evening, not only have we kind of been on the tube or walked up and down Oxford Street where, you know, the air quality particles is blah, 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 We then come home and, you know, our carpets are made of plastic. Uh, You know, the rugs and the the throws on our sofas are potentially emitting harmful things. And it's quite a scary thought, really. And it's
1: bonkers because not only that, but the drive to become more carbon neutral and to build buildings which are greener and more sustainable. What we've actually been doing is sealing buildings to be tighter, to... Emit keep things To keep the heat beam. in, to make it more energy efficient. And as a result, from my perspective, that's meaning that our environments, indoor environments, are becoming potentially more toxic mm. because they're not breathable. And as a rule of thumb, I always say, come back to nature. So use natural materials wherever you can. And unfortunately, for years and years and years, we've been using incredibly synthetic you know, mm. huge amounts of synthetic materials, particularly in corporate environments where things need to be harder wearing. People perceive synthetic materials as being harder wearing. And you, and when going back to when I was not well, there'd be certain environments where I couldn't be in mm. because I could the, the toxic toxin would be so strong for me. I I became uber sensitive to things like smells. Lighting was incredibly. Um, Tiring for me and draining um, fluorescent lighting so there's all sorts of elements to creating a more sustainable
0: interior Mm. um what are some of some quick wins that people can kind of take on board when they're designing a space or perhaps redoing a room because one of the things i like to do in, in my home is obviously you know Because of cost reasons, I do just have like a normal carpet and I do just have this and this and this. But I personally try and put loads of plants everywhere because I know that they can be, they can clean the air. Is that something that you recommend? Absolutely. I mean, biophilic
1: design is the latest buzz and obviously what does that mean it it basically bringing nature indoors greening the space so you want to put you want to oxygenate your space and Mm. you're doing absolutely the right thing there so putting plants in is fabulous I think from a toxicity point of view keeping um, um, toxins down I would recommend that you think about the largest surface areas in your home Hmm. Namely, the walls and the ceilings and the floors. Hmm. And think about what you're putting there. And think about um, so the types of paint you're using. Yeah, exactly. For example. And and something um, off gassing. Without getting too technical, is a term for when you he- we all because we live in the UK, we have to heat our homes. And when we put on central heating, it heats up the materials in our house, and it cools it down. In that, it off gases toxins. So really, I would encourage everybody to use the lowest VOC paint that or finishes that they can find mm. clay even natural paints like clay based paints would be even better because they're na- organic naturally um so surface area, so painting walls ceilings floors wooden floors um natural coil or sisal on the floor okay you know if you spill water on they, they ruin or whatever it's they're just natural mm. um i'm very i'm not i'm not too keen on carpet for yeah. water. It, it harbours dust. It's not very good for people who have allergies. Um, rugs onto onto wooden floors are a great idea because not only that, from an interior design point of view, you can use rugs to ground furniture yeah. and it creates a more aesthetically pleasing interior. Mm. So, Because um, obviously... Ultimately, I'm a designer. You know, I have to remember people come to me because they like the look of the spaces that I design. And that's sort of um, in the same way that I would make draw the analogy of we can all cook great food using cream and sugar and the whole thing. We can all create beautiful spaces using anything. Mm. It's more of a challenge to create an interior with materials that have integrity, yes. in the same way that it it's more of a challenge to produce a beautiful meal with ingredients which are organic, um, sugar free, or you know all mm. those things. So that that's the analogy that I would draw there mm. in terms of what I'm trying to do in in um, in, in interior design. Um, and people often ask me, Victoria, how when you walk into an a space that's been sustainably interior designed, opposed to being um, design norm you know yes. how would I notice the difference well the answer is you shouldn't notice the difference it shouldn't be that one looks hairy and sort of hairy sandal and <laughs> one any, hempy. you know hempy it should be that a successful design space should be it looks exactly the same as any other space it just has the integrity that you know that it's been you the materials that have been used have been mm. uh, more sustainable mm. so um that's the challenge because how do you sell that idea to people? Yeah. You ca- you can't really. What you have to do is you have to have people who are equally mindful of that whole concept and whole way of living. And really it's a natural progression from, you know, it starts with what we put into our bodies, Mm. then maybe what we put onto our skin, Mm. then about the spaces we put ourselves into. And it's a whole lifestyle choice. And so really for me, it's, um, without being evangelical about it, it's about spreading that message about... um, in, gen- in little ways encouraging people to make small changes that can potentially have a big impact on yeah. on their lives because yeah. I do see my job as um, I have the ability to change the way people live in spaces and it really has surprisingly quite a big impact on how people enjoy their lives mm. yeah. it's quite a responsibility in that respect you know I, I reconfigure spaces when people buy a home I and make it work better for them.
0: Mm. How does that passion translate into your everyday life? Can you talk us through a a typical day? And I mean, I know you're you eat a plant plant based diet as well, and um, you probably are bringing up your little boy in a, in a way that's, from my point of view, very aspirational in terms of. Um, the way your family coexists, and the fact that you know you do live in this little flat, and you don't have any blinds because you live, <laughs> you, you go by the the sun, and uh, you know regulate your circadian rhythm like that and stuff. I'm just really interested to hear about a typical day in the life I'm of laughing. Victoria. I'm <laughs>
1: laughing because you're making it sounds, you're describing it so beautifully and aspirationally. I, I, you know that's wonderful but i'm laughing at the fact that my partner Crystal, will be thinking oh my god i haven't slept for you know <laughs> two years and uh, the whole thing and we have to wake up with the sunlight at the moment obviously we, it's very light most yeah, there's not many hours of darkness for <laughs> a you guys little um and i have to say um yeah i wanted in the same way that i wanted to show a different way of doing things with my work i think i wanted to show to tr- a different way of You know, if I was going to have a baby and I was going to bring a little chap into the world, how did I want that to be? And, you know, maybe I'm in a a luxurious position to actually have had the time to think about that. And um, we followed a um, attachment parenting style. So I wore him. For a long time on my front until it broke my back. <laughs> and then I, I breastfed fed him until a week ago, which I have to say it's been quite a, a challenge over the last week. But I, I um, we've got there. So he's two next week. So it's um, quite a long time to breastfeed. Yeah, um, very long. Time. I've got my boobs back. Um, and yeah, we he is plant based. I've I've I think it's quite challenging because people can be incredibly judgmental about all the things you do when you have a child regardless if you if you decide to do things slightly off the wall then mm. you get even more judgment. Yeah, it's like
0: even even more so when you have a baby people feel like they have a right to say, yeah. "I think you should be raising your child like this." Yeah. It's like, "Well, that's where you're going wrong. It's my child."
1: Yeah and I, actually that's interesting itself because I don't know I try to think of not owning him I try to think of um where well, he chose me mm. and he's I'm journeying with him for a while and what message do I want to pass on to him while he's journeying with me and um yeah I think I, that's
0: that's lovely that's I, a really nice sentiment and I think at the moment
1: we enjoy being together the three of us um We co-sleep, we're all in one bed together. Again, everyone thinks that's totally mad. Um, And I have to say, Christopher has been wonderful at adapting to all my kind of crazy ideas about doing things. But when I say crazy ideas, I kind of put myself down a bit there. But if we go back to ancestrally to uh, and sort of to Africa and to Absolutely. the Amazon or wherever and look at what people are doing and we talk about people having nothing but being happy and that resonates with me you know people having nothing but being happy children having nothing and actually what I do see touch wood in Little arty is there's a roar happiness he there. is
0: such a happy baby whenever i see him he's just joyous to be around that's lovely whether he's got <laughs> you know cacao smoothie all over his face or if he's you know even if he's like unhappy he seems happy
1: i don't know what it is about him and i i feel that um again okay, you know, it's not a science and um there's not a science behind this it's it's a gut thing grace it's um it's, I've, I've taken me years to sort of really connect with my essence. And so now I'm there, gosh, it tells me, you know, if, if I connect, with, if I'm connected, mm. if I had a swim or I've been in nature, I can connect with myself better. Mm. And if I have a challenge by external factors, like people challenge, I, I take myself back to nature and I reconnect yeah. and I say, okay, what's my gut telling me? Yeah. What's it really telling me to do there? So. And for some reason, after never even been vegetarian in my life, I decided to bring Artie up plant-based and we're we're kind of plant-based. And again, I don't I don't want to sort of say this is the way to be and be dogmatic about it. It's just something that's naturally happened for us. Mm. And I guess I feel that the future is a particular way. I think the future is um uh Having less of certain things, and so mm, if I consuming
0: want to, less of yeah, everything,
1: and so if I want to give my little boy a sort of a a, a root into that and to at the best start in that, why not introduce him to that? And if you haven't tasted certain things, you my idea is you won't crave them. But I mean, you know, he may become McDonald's best customer in a few years' time. Well, I think
0: it's hard when they when they start <laughs> going to parties and stuff, yeah. and it, it's quite it can be very hard if if. I think you just have to um, be relaxed around it all. Absolutely, I think that's the best way. But I wanted to ask you, how do you deal on, on a personal level with not necessarily the criticism that you might get for living your life a certain way, but but the kind of silent judgment from people?
1: I think because of my personality, because I'm I'm actually a, a lot of people perceive me as being an extrovert, and I'm actually an introvert, and I spend and quite a lot of time on my own, which, again, has taken me years to realise myself, I am very self-critical. And I do have a tendency to take myself away and have to reconnect in -hmm. nature and rebalance myself and really, again, reconnect with what that message is that's telling me. So the answer would be sometimes maybe I don't deal with it that well because I'm very sensitive and I perceive being judged. But also I'm very... I want to really work on being non-judgmental myself. Mm. Because when you find yourself um, learning new ways of doing things and maybe thinking, gosh, this is fantastic, you have a tendency to then judge other people who aren't doing it that way. And that's not fair. You know, that's not right because we're all on this journey. And I really want to practice that non-judgment because I see... um, we're all awakening, aren't we, really? The whole whole world is awakening. We're mm. increasing our level of consciousness. The, our vibrational energy is rising, if we can say that without sounding too happy clappy. Um And so it's about remaining having a positive element to everything that we're and not making it negative. So there's a tipping thing there. Mm.
0: So um, I think that's such an important point, because as you were saying that, I was thinking, God, Grace, you really fall into that category and you really mustn't. So do I. I mean, so do I.
1: I mean, I'm sat here talking about my industry and I'm basically doing it down. And it's a very hard thing to say. And I struggle to connect with my own industry. As Mm. a result, I'm kind of like a black sheep in it. Yeah. I'm a square peg in a round hole. It's a very lonely place to be.
0: Yeah. It's it's tough, isn't it? Because I certainly feel like since I've had this kind of environmental awakening um, and started to do things in my life very differently, just like, for example, not engaging with the fashion industry anymore, which is an industry I used to work in. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I was a stylist. I worked in a luxury high-end boutique. I was really down for spending insane amounts of money I didn't have on beautiful things. And now that I just don't buy anything, I like to try and get everyone else not to buy anything. And I have to remember that, you know, my girlfriends who I've known since I was sort of three or four and, you know, my closest friends, that's okay if they're not there yet. Mm. And I do think, like we were saying earlier when we were swimming, we were talking about, you know, people that we see littering on the street or drinking single-use plastic water bottles whatever it is they're on their own journey and they might they might get there one day but they're not there now and i think that's okay and i think you're right you have to practice non-judgment but equally uh, let's let's think about practicality
1: let's think about i mean you are probably on a, a different league to me but i do all of those things that you've just described as not doing mm. some days you know i am no in no way none of us are a saint i'm really far from that mm-hmm. and again my partner christopher would laugh about the fact that i'm even here talking about sustainability because and i'm gonna be totally honest with you we fall out about our recycling mm-hmm. because some days you you know tell me off because i haven't rinsed things out I done. and the thing is i want to say is we can all do everything better yeah you know there, there's no utopia here there's no point where you get to and you're like yes i'm sustainable this is amazing you know i've tick to all the boxes because when you get to that point there's always going to be something you can do that's better. Mm. So for me, I I would just say at the moment it, there really are choices out there for us. That we either we can either choose it's like everything. You can choose to join that or you can choose to join that f- that following. You it's like or you can choose your own way. And I think you know I've probably made myself of isolating myself in the past and maybe even in the present by choosing a different way. And I have to say, it, it, it's not a favourable option because if you do that, it's automatically indicating to other people that there's something... It's sort of suggesting to other people that something they're doing that's wrong. Mm. So if you're saying you're opting for a different way, people then feel, well, what am I doing that's so yeah, wrong? isolated. But actually, by doing that, you make people start to... They might not like it at first, but they, but they start to question. It makes people think. So, yeah, it's a... I would say it's a lonely place to be, doing, talking about what you're talking about. Mm. And, you know, basically everything we're talking about is mm. is quite isolating.
0: Mm. It is. And actually it was thrown into really frank um, regard for me the other day when I was saying to one of my best friends, oh, you really, you know, she was needing a wedding outfit or something. And I was saying, oh, maybe rent something. Or, you know, you don't need to, like, go to Bowdoin and get a dress or whatever. You know the fashion industry contributes to forty percent of the world's, you know, carbon production, and then she said, "Yes, but Grace, I don't eat meat," and you know the the meat industry contributes to this amount of percent. And I said, "Oh yeah, that's really true," and it, it really made me just go, "Oh yeah, <laughs> shut up, Grace." <laughs> you know, everyone's on their own journey, and it's like that quote. That's really interesting. Um, it's like that quote: um, "We don't need everyone doing zero waste." perfectly we need no we don't need a few people doing zero waste perfectly we need everyone doing it imperfectly and that's how we'll make a difference have you heard that Mm. i can't remember the person that said it i'll find it for you it's in an article i think it's a journalistic piece but i think that's really really an important message
1: i think also um again without going down a very controversial route our society is built on various messages and principles for, from a particularly on a health perspective that we go to the doctors and we get a pill for something and it fixes it and it's a toxic solution mm-hmm. really but mm-hmm. it also fuels industry so it's kind of a little bit of a conspiracy theory of mine but it, you know we are fueling huge in industries through our ill health mm-hmm. and that ill health could come from the environments we put ourselves in and all sorts of toxins and mm. we talk about environmental factors in ill health mm. um, which is why i think um I, I i've been led to do what i do because i i think um it has a huge impact mm. on our health so again what we're putting in our bodies but also what we put our bodies into and all and right down to things like base level water systems we were talking about water earlier but i think we were also talking about political. Mm. stuff earlier because we can do all the things in the world we want to do but ultimately we need to drive change in uh policy at a higher level so i'm really really excited about what's going to happen in the future and i'm not like everybody else i'm not all doom and gloom about where we are politically at the moment And i'll tell you why i think our our political system needs a massive rocket up its arse and it needs, needs a massive shift and change. And the only way that happens is through having unsettling, uncomfortable situations like we're in at the moment. Mm. And that's why I find it exciting. Mm.
0: Already- so I think
1: we need short term pain for long term gain. No one thinks long term enough. Yeah. So as much as everybody's got the Nixon and not about Brexit. I am not somebody who follows the belief that it's a wholly negative thing.
0: Mm. That's a really interesting point of view. Wow, so much there to food for thought. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. I wanted to just ask you my last three questions that I ask everyone, which I feel like, you're going to have some really lovely answers. Oh, I too. hope so. I don't. I What don't, are don't, 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 don't these questions? Mm. So, <laughs> the first question I ask everyone is, um, "What's one thing in life you would change if you could?" Or maybe it's what's one thing in life you'd do again if you could. I always get the first and the second one mixed up. Do you know, up, this,
1: this one's a little bit of a sad one for me. If, that, if I can be a little bit, I try to remain light about things. But I think I'd do my 20s again. I lost my 20s. I was bed bound for a lot of them. Mm. Oh, try not to get all cheery when I say this because it's taken me a long time so to try and make peace with it. And yeah. have a little bit of acceptance there. But at the same time, and I think that probably goes on to your next question... I wouldn't change it for the world because I wouldn't be sat where I am now if it wasn't for it. Yeah. You
0: know? I, I, I understand that sentiment because I also feel, I mean, I'm still just about in my 20s. But I've lost a good few years of my life as well from from just not feeling 100% and not being able to do the, the things that I want to do. And it is really irritating. But at the same time, you have to just think, you know, such is life yeah you know I'm so much more educated on on and so much more tuned into the way my body works now and how to get the best from it than I ever would have been if I hadn't have had this kind of awakening to natural medicine um you know and and ways to really tap into me and my potential if I'd kind of just stayed on the path that I was where sort of just medicating everything and and you know in and out of hospital probably wouldn't be as happy as I, I think, am now. I
1: think it's a huge gift, Grace. I, I really do. I It's taken me a long time to be mm. able to say that mm. after being very angry for a long time and feeling almost bitter, which bitter is the worst thing to be. But I think when you're lonely and isolated and unwell and feeling rotten, there's nothing you can do mm. to make yourself better, which there wasn't for me back then. Um, I think to see now is a great gift a ba- basically, a shift in direction for your life, mm. and it's led you on to do what you're doing now, and it's led me on to do what I'm doing now, and um, also leads me to want to learn more. I just I have I keep a very I'm very open to learning more. I want to I want to learn more. I want to know mm. more. It's it's not it's a continual thing. Mm. I and I think young people are the people to look to now. I mean, I'm I'm 40 now. I can't believe I'm 40. It's mad, really. I don't know how... How did this happen? <laughs> how did this happen? But So I find myself really connecting with people in their 20s. Yeah. You know, I find a lot of people I see on a day-to-day or and I'm energised by them on what they're doing. Yeah. And it's exciting and, um,
0: yeah. Amazing. And um, my final question is, um, the podcast is called State of Mind, which generally tends to encompass... Many, many different things. Um, what does state of mind mean to you?
1: I think um, my state of mind or one state of mind is a choice. You know, I I think it's it's hard to get there, but it's a it's a choice, and I think I choose to be more mindful, conscious, positive open to change open to learning open to growing but it requires effort and I think that's something I've said before it requires effort do that every day I cha- I'm challenged and I challenge myself to stay in that state of mind uh, but by being there that's where the magic happens when I can achieve it when I'm in a fl- in the flow when I'm connected with my essence Amazing. And, and I and and to get there I do a lot of them things that you, equally i think fine to do which is to get back to nature um the simplest thing in the world take your shoes off go and stand in the grass hug a tree go and swim in some cold water for two minutes breathe deeply breathe deeply somewhere that you're not stuck next to a sort of a bus or whatever and um and just have have a moment and look up look Mm. up we forget to look up i know um so really, you know, as and and to say again that they're not that's not a state that has been easy for me to get to, and it doesn't it's not always easy to stay in, but that, yeah,
0: amazing. I think that's a really nice thought to leave everyone with. Look up <laughs> whatever you're doing today, everyone. Look up,
1: and 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 also you know ask questions. Don't be scared to ask about things because we were all told, um, we do this, do that. Use a reusable cup, take a bag, do this. But mm. but why? Why? And what's in that? And how was that made? So my job okay, is about asking the questions and challenging the suppliers. Mm. And it's about changing the supply chains. Mm. And also, one of the most powerful things we can all do is think about our consumption because we are essentially voting every time we open our purse, we 're voting with our purse, okay, so it's a huge, huge power that we all have. we all have this power it's in our hands, so when we 're thinking about our homes, about design, about what we eat, what we consume, think ask the questions before you hand over the money and do something that makes you feel good and connect
0: connected Amazing. so so great this has been. A great episode thank you so much thank
1: you thank you so much for having me
0: thank you so much again for tuning in to my little podcast state of mind as you know any love or support that you can give the podcast really does help and helps to get it listened to by more and more people if you have five seconds to leave a review on the podcast app it would mean the world anyway i'll see you here for another episode next week Bye-bye.